Winnaker Weekly is a three-episode-in anime discussion podcast where two brothers discuss a show of their choice. The show can be anything from a current season flop to a decades-old classic. What are they going to talk about next? Who knows? They sure don't. This is Whitaker Weekly. Let's get right into it. Uh, you found a whole bunch of news to share. I did. Um, so earlier this year, it was announced that uh, Interviews with Monster Girls is getting a season two, but uh, they're not expecting it until maybe a fall or winter 2020 release. Okay. So that's something to look forward to. Awesome. That, uh, yeah, yeah, especially after we just like talked about this episode, <laughs> well, we're, it, what we're going to talk about this episode. So we'll talk about season one, but yeah, season two has been announced, so that's good news. Uh-huh. Um, additionally, uh, One Piece Stampede, the film, the uh, the One Piece film, has uh, is set to premiere uh, to screen this fall in the U.S. and Canada. Okay. Okay. So we might see that in uh, in select theaters. So those of you who are interested in uh, in that, um, now a little bit of bad news. Uh, both the Violet Evergarden film and the Yuri on Ice film have been delayed due to the fire at. Uh, Were these delayed for the American openings? No, just just entirely. They thought maybe they could make their original planned openings despite the fire, okay. but it turns out they cannot. These are both of these were Kyoto Animation projects that are going to be delayed due to circumstances. Okay, so. I was okay because there actually is a um, Violet Evergarden film out right now. Yes, but they had another one in the works that was set to come out January 10th. And that looks like it's going to be delayed. Yep, yep, okay. Okay, uh, and for a little bit of news that I found, um, the live-action Kaguya-sama Love is War, uh, the incredible anime and manga about two sundetes falling in love with each other. Yes. Um, it's, uh, it's, it is currently number one in the box office in Japan. It opened number one uh, for its first weekend. Uh, beating out, uh, beating out, weathering with you, which has been sitting at number one for several weeks. If I, if this is correct, um, and uh, beat out the new One Piece movie and the Konosuba movie, which wow. is still doing fairly well. That's ninth in Japan right now. So, sure, sure. Oh, okay. Uh, and just, I guess, in a little bit of other news, uh, Crunchyroll has stated that it is going to bring the film over, uh, the Konosuba movie. So fantastic! When are we going to get that? Do they have a? I don't know. Do they have a release date planned? Is it after it's out of theaters? Um, maybe? No, they're just saying that probably after it's out of theaters. Um, but yeah, it's just that uh, Kono, uh, Crunchyroll is planning on bringing it over. Whether we're going to see a release, like a limited release in theaters like a Fathom Events sort of thing, or if they're just going to add the movie to uh, Crunchyroll.com. Uh, not sure. Um, but anyways, um, it is 
they well, are going to be bringing the movie over. So good, we get to see that animated. Definitely <laughs> looking forward to it. Okay. Uh, well, that's it for the news. Um, let's go ahead and move right into three episodes in. All right. This week it was and your turn to pick. Was, yep. It was my turn to pick, and I picked uh, an anime based off of a manga that I absolutely adore. Um, and this is week two of Schools with a Twist. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and uh, so I went with interviews with Monster Girls. Succubi, Dullahans, Snow Women, and Vampires. We're a little different from humans and called demi-humans. Lately, we've been called demis. This is a stimulating and heartful school demi-human comedy featuring those very unique demis and a high school teacher named Takahashi Tetsuo, who's highly interested in learning more about their daily lives and habits. Mm. And I think for the most part, I'll go ahead and chime in every now and then, but I kind of want to hear what you thought about this, just because I went in knowing... Uh, yeah. where this goes and i sure. want to say real fast this moves fast okay this show um and it doesn't feel rushed but it's moving at a very good pace the first three episodes cover the first 10 chapters of the manga mm. so um i'll have to reread the first one to see if they skipped over anything i don't think they did not from my memory mm-hmm. um but i was very surprised at how quickly um how i did not think we would get to where we got to in episode three but anyways right. so let's go ahead and just get right into it Okay, so the first episode starts with a generic kind of mysterious opening where we see, we see it's it's sunset. We see a blonde girl humming some traditional tune to herself, um, gazing out over the city and looking up at her new school. And this guy comes up to her and just say, what are you doing here? And she looks at him and she runs away. We don't know, and we don't know anything about either of these characters to start. And then mm-hmm. the opening credits roll. So this is one of the anime that opening credits roll on the first episode. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's a pattern to this or not, but this is one of those that uh, that does. And the opening credits, it's a nice little montage that kind of really, really does introduce the, the characters. Mm-hmm. Now, some, something that's going on in the opening credits sequence is it features our teacher, uh, Takahashi, mm-hmm. pulling pulling a collection of books off a shelf and then the bookshelf just about to lean over and fall down on top of him. And then it's an homage to books. It's a montage of books. Uh, and one of them that opens up is a pop-up book. And this pop-up book features all of these, um, th- these scenes that kind of introduce, okay, this is what you think of a vampire. This is our vampire. This is what you mm-hmm. think of a Doolahan. This is our Doolahan. This is what you think of a uh, snow, a snow woman. woman. This is our, this snow, is our woman. snow woman. And then you see a picture of this woman lying de- dying on a bed and a, a horse peeking in from the uh, from behind a curtain. And then at this moment, the other the succubus teacher walks in, looking around like, "What's this?" And then and a scantily clad succubus on a string drops in just above the. Horror! It's her too. It's her. It is. Her. <laughs> it's her in like this swimsuit, like typical succubus outfit of like a one-piece swimsuit, wings uh-huh. on the back, and giving kind of this scandalous look, um, or succulent look. And she doesn't want anyone to see this, so she starts covering she it up. She out and just jumps towards the camera to try to get it to go away. And I just, I just absolutely loved that scene. It actually reminded oh, me of something else I saw. So great. I was browsing around Facebook recently, and uh, what's it called? Um, some creepy pasta page 
shared a video that was the pop-up book of phobias. Oh. <laughs> and so they went through page by page showing it. Well, the, the first page, you pop it open and suddenly sticking right at you is a dentist drill. Oh, no. That's the first page, is the dentist drilling right at you. And then it just goes into different things. There's uh, arachnophobia, acrophobia, aerophobia. Um, those are the A's. It's not really in alphabetical order. There's also claustrophobia. And then and one of the mm -hmm. other scary episodes is you open it up and there's a bunch of there's a bunch of bored, disinterested faces staring at you. And the thing that pops up at you is a microphone. It's a fear of public speaking. Is the pop-up book of phobias. Uh, I know a couple people who would kill me if I were to get that, that for them. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be worth dying for, though. That'd be a great joke. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Huh. Anyway. So the the first episode starts off again where uh, the... the uh, our main character, Takahashi, is in the... First day of school, um, teachers teachers meeting, hosted uh -huh. by the principal, and the principal's talking, and he's not really paying attention. A guy, a coworker sitting next to him, tries to strike up a conversation, and he replies a little too loudly to be like, "No, we're keeping this quiet. We're not actually supposed to be talking." Kind of hushed voices. Um, mm -hmm. They're talking about a new teacher, or like the principal is talking about a new teacher who's supposed to be there but is late. Uh, like she she must, must be quite the person to be late on her first important. day type thing. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and so while they're talking about her being late, um, it's revealed during this conversation that uh, Takahashi wished that he had done his college thesis on demis. He really is very interested in demis. Um, uh, but they wouldn't let him interview them. But so yeah, he's on something else. So, so it's always been a dream of his to interview Monster Girls, but he has yet to do so. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when the teacher walks in, who is missing, uh, saying how sorry she was. She missed the first train, and it was they were doing repairs on one of the cars, and the train she had to take had a lot of people in it, and so it was, she's sorry that she's really late. And... It doesn't really come up as to why that that's really a problem uh, well, until later. Well, they re reveal the what. Then says, "Oh, oh, if that's the case, then don't worry about it." Whereas Takashi's just like, "Wait, how's that an excuse? There's a lot of people on the train. <laughs> like, there's always a lot of people on the train. How's that an excuse? Yeah, how's how's that an excuse? And then the teacher's then, like, "Oh, yeah." Well, no, it's a perfect... The other teacher who was talking to him says, yeah, no, that's a perfect really about excuse because you see she, and then she goes up and introduces herself. She introduces so. herself, she's the new math teacher, and she's a succubus. And rather than being in a regular uniform like everybody else, she's wearing a big pair of glasses, she's got her hair in a very simple, straight ponytail, nothing fancy, nothing flashy, and she's wearing a red tracksuit. Yes. The least attractive get-up she could possibly... Uh, wear and still be professionally mm -hmm. at a school and our main character takahashi who is probably in his early 30s at this point from the yes. way the show is kind of set up uh -huh. um from some information we kind of learned later on um 
we learned that Saki or Sato, the succubus, um, she uh, she's 24. And she says to one of the girls in the show that, oh, well, you're like uh, Takahashi and I, referring to herself as succubus, are we've got about the same difference in our ages between you and me. And the girl is 15, 16 at that time. So he's probably about 32, 33. Yeah. So there's an so, eight. So there's an an eight to ten year difference between yeah. the succubus and the students, and then another, and then an equal distance between her and the mm-hmm. and Takahashi. It and is established the reason in I, episode three. The reason I wanted to point that out is just because it just kind of ends with him saying, "Oh, I finally met one." <laughs> yes. So, mm-hmm. well. Cut to they're prepping the gym for what is go- probably going to be a major student assembly. Um, and uh, kids are laying out large mats, um, setting up chairs. Some of the kids are la- lazing about. Uh, Takahashi is uh, berating the lazy one, saying, come on, get back to work. And uh, what's her name? Okay, Sato, the succubus was up a ladder trying to hang a banner and she's not entirely sure whether it was straight or not. Well, she gets very... She reacts negatively to being snuck up upon. She She's easily startled. Um, and so Takahashi tries to introduce himself and become friendly with her. And so he says hi and offers us to shake her hand. Mm-hmm. Not Now... She, whether the succubus knows that he knows what touching her would end up doing, she immediately just starts backing away, trips over the ladder that she was using, and then starts using the ladder as a barrier between herself and Takahashi. <laughs> in self-defense. She's holding this ladder sideways, this, which, you know, just strikes back to that Jackie Chan movie where he used a ladder in one of his... Uh, Kung Fu was that Operation Condor? Might have been Operation Condor. I just know mm. that you know one of the greatest things about Jackie Chan is his willingness to you know do a hundred takes, get it right, and then put some of the bad takes in the blooper reel to let you know that yes, he is human. First strike. It's in first strike. My bad. Okay. I just googled uh, Jackie Chan ladder and it brought up first strike. So okay. So yeah, nothing so dramatic, but it was a little bit rem- remnant of that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um um and like he is trying to talk to her and she's just keeping a safe distance from him at all times and just leaves yeah and he's and just like oh huh he gets another opportunity to try again and she takes the opportunity to leave again um and just trying to drive herself away from him um is that that point that he starts? Uh, so he he rounds a corner, and sees the blonde girl that he saw before. Mm-hmm. And they start to hit it off pretty quickly in terms of yeah. Oh hey, you're you. Oh yeah, you're you. Well, you know why did you run away from me? Well, you're a strange man approaching me in the middle of the night. I thought running away would be. I thought you should praise me for having mm-hmm. such wisdom to well i was just so like what were you doing out late that so late at night and she's just like oh well i well i tried on my u- new uniform and i just got so excited to go ahead and uh, about it and i i went to go see the school and yeah and then like there's that 
uh, uh-huh. what you just said as well. It's a real, it's a real cute scene, and they they hit it off really, really well, really, really yeah. quickly. Um, this girl ends her end name ends up being uh, Hikari, um, uh-huh. and uh, she is a sweetheart. She's very upbeat, very lively, a very friendly, forward girl, not afraid to say what's on her mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but she says, "Oh, wait." That's right. I'm glad it's it's. I'm glad it's you that I ran into. My friend needs help. I I need yes. somebody to help me take her to the nurse's office. And he's like, Oh, um, okay. Well, let's go. And then it cuts. And so so they're, they're going. Down. So 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 they're going down the hallway. And he, that's when he kind of says, Like, are you a health? Aren't you the health teacher? Well, I'm a biology teacher, but I can tell just by looking at someone's face whether they're sick. Mm-hmm. What happens? <laughs> Goes to. There's just this beautifully, beautifully timed scene where it just cuts and there's kind of this horror music vibe going on and there's this green flame in front of him. There's just this green light and he's just looking down like, uh, what? And the camera cuts back and it's the lower body of a Dullahan. It's, uh, it's, it's the Dullahan without a head. Yes. Just, um, sit, just sitting there leaning against a window or a bench seat or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so and like there's no face. Yeah, so he can't tell if they're sick or not because there's no face. I actually didn't catch that joke. I'm glad you caught that. That's great. Um so yeah, um, I can tell it how turns sick out the vampire is. girl had taken the head to the nurse's office already, mm-hmm. well, but it was too was wasn't strong enough to carry the body, so she needed to find mm-hmm. help. Hold on just a moment. I need to open my blinds a little bit. So uh-huh. Toby doesn't wreck them. When he tries to stick his head through. Ah. Ah. That'll happen. Anyway, uh, so it's not it's not revealed that she's a vampire just yet. No. Um but uh he, It takes a while uh, to yeah, reveal that. She is the vampire girl. And yeah. as they eventually go to the nurse's office, he's able to bring the body there, and there's the there's it's the head of my revealed in the opening credits though. It's revealed in the opening credits, so it's not a spoiler or anything like that. It's just no. at this point in time, he they is unaware that she is also um, a Denny, yes. uh, or a Denny human. Um, right. Takes her, takes the body to the nurse's office. He thinks it's incredibly weird, um, but he's not like there's. He doesn't view it negatively in the slightest. Now, Suddenly, there's now two Demi's in his life. Yes. And he, he, we meet Machi, and Machi is um, an adorable girl. Um, she's, she's an absolute she's sweetheart, and yes. uh, she, uh, her head is resting on a pillow, while her body rests on the bed. Yep. Um. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I'm just in anime, I've only ever met three Dullahans before. Mm-hmm. And the first one I ever met was Celti from Durarara. Mm-hmm. The second one I met was actually from this. I had watched interviews with Monster Girls at least the first episode or two once before, but I don't think I ever finished episode three. So I'm glad I got to finish episode three. Uh, but yeah, I absolutely love uh, Machi. She's great. The third Dulahan Machi's a wonderful girl. Mm-hmm. Is the one that curses darkness. That one. Yeah, yes. you're right. The one that curses. So, yeah, and I'm just thinking about, you know, Megumin blowing up his castle over and over again. 
Oh man. Good times. <laughs> um Okay. So we find out that uh Sato no who's the uh who's the vampire girl? What's her name? Hikari. 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 Um, I just remember Hikaru is, uh, oh, it is Hikari. Hikari means light. Mm -hmm. So, okay, the vampire named Light. Um, mm -hmm. I'll just put a note there for you. Appreciate it. Okay, so Hikari mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, Takahashi have developed this relationship, this rapport, where he's actually starting to interview her and get some information from mm -hmm. her. And she just comes to, and she comes to his office whenever she feels like mm -hmm. it, and she loves it in there because of how cool it is. It, the, he, things in there can't have direct sunlight because it's a biology lab, um, and so he. Keeps he learns that she's a vampire, by the way. We should probably just point this out. He learns that she's a vampire because he asks her how she's so calm around a Dulahan. Most people will be freaked out over it, and she's like, "Oh, well, I'm used to it because you see, I'm a demi-human as well. I'm a vampire." So now there's three of them in his life. Yes. <laughs> so oh, by that point, he had also he, he did he, he thought there were three in his life. That's right. Because mm -hmm. they had already kind of introduced the snow girl. And so he there's this teacher he can't talk to, he can't he can't approach, the doula hand that mm -hmm. he can't approach, and this other girl that he can't approach without seeming kind of awkward or weird. Mm -hmm. And then, and he, but he, this blonde that he's been talking to this whole time without any problem whatsoever happens to be one as well. And so that kind of opens the door for him. Mm -hmm. Which leads to, um, okay. So you have some notes about some questions he asked about blood sucking. Sorry, I just went to the wiki uh, or clicked on a page in the wiki so I could see better images of people's heads. It's uh, got everybody's head shots. It's got uh, Sato, it's got Takahashi, it's got Hikari. Uh huh. Take a wild guess what the headshot is for Machi. Is it around her waist? It's her green head. It's the green fire coming out of her neck. Ah! Oh, ages ago there was a Dilbert comic where mm -hmm. they had they introduced a headless character. It was actually just Wally with his head stuck in his shirt. I remember that. Point, I remember that. But the pointy-haired boss did not realize it was it was him, and actually asked a question in the meeting. How do you show up on a headcount report? I remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um. So yeah. Uh. So he asks her if it's okay if he she if he asks her. Takahashi asks Hikari the vampire. If he can ask her some questions, letting her know that he's always wanted to know about, you know, Demi's, but he's never really had the chance. And she says, sure. He's so used to being turned down. His natural reaction reaction is just, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. That's not very. Wait, wait, what? Huh? You're, you're OK with it? Yeah. Why not? You're letting me hang out here. It's just it's just fair. Um, and so he starts asking her questions, asking her things like, OK, well, Here's a bunch of information about vampires in popular culture. Um, can you confirm or deny these things? He's like, and she's like, oh, okay. What? No, I love garlic. That stuff's great. Yeah. <laughs> Crosses. Those became passe in middle school. 
<laughs> and he's like, oh, this, this. I'll probably die if a steak's driven through my heart. And he's that's like, probably yeah, true no, for that's, everybody. That, that's true for everybody. <laughs> which remind me of the great line from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The, yes. Well, what, what do we do? Drive, well, well, how, how do we take care of it? Uh, drive a, no, just drive a stake through his heart. But, but what if he's not a vampire? You'd be surprised how many of the, how many, You'd be surprised <laughs> how many things that kills. How many? Yeah, that's right. Thank you for saving yeah. me from butchering the line. You'd it's be fine. surprised how many of the, you'd be surprised how many things that kills. <laughs> um, and then he starts asking about um blood and things like that and she's like well usually i just eat normal food but i get a pack of blood from the government once a month and the beginning of the show talks about how for thousands of years you know demi humans were feared um but these days it's now kind of considered just to be kind of an aspect of your life to be a demi human yeah, uh, and there's a, actually government organizations trait. that are there to help you mm -hmm. and later on there's we learn about government organization a government organization that's entire job is keeping track of the succubi um, the, the way you said government organization that's reminded me of that line from a, a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy about what voluntary organizations exist to help you rehabilitate after drinking a pangalactic <laughs> gargle blaster. Pangalactic gargle blaster. Uh, anyways, um, so uh, and so she's like, "Well, I just get a packet of blood from the government every month, and you know that's that satiates those cravings. It's totally fine." Uh, it's not really in the first few episodes, but like she does still get the the desire to bite people. And her younger twin sister, she's got a twin who's not a demi. Uh, they kind of explain that as saying that demis are more like a gen genetic mutation. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of random who it happens to and not. Um, because both her parents are normal humans, but she's a vampire. Okay. Um, and her sister's a normal human. So there's this great shot in the manga where uh -huh. she walks up to her sister and like, kind of does a little bow thing and her sister's reading on the couch and her sister just goes <sighs> puts her arm out and then he kind of comes over and just starts nibbling on her arm not breaking <laughs> any skin just kind of nibbling on it because she's got those cravings to you know bite flesh okay now and it's just i see i don't so know happy. i don't know what episode this is in but i've seen this gif and uh -huh. it's a conversation where um Hikari is talking to Takahashi. Uh -huh. And the words and this is in reference to whether or not she wants to bite his arm. And she says, It's too big, it's too hard, and I'll probably get hair in my teeth. And he says, Never say those things together out outdoors. <laughs> to which it pans over to the Dulahan and the Snow Girl, and the Snow Girl is covering her face laughing because she gets it, and the Dulahan's just looking at her like, huh? What? Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of dirty jokes that there that that uh that I forgot about. Um I didn't write any of them down, but there's a couple of dirty jokes. But uh sure. we learn here that he then asks, you know, um, have you ever bitten anybody? And she says yes once. Um, but they, uh, it's for her, it's not really an issue. Um, uh, she's very, very clingy, like very, very friendly to other girls and things like that. Um, but she's never had a desire to bite a man. And he's like, oh, really? Why is that? And she being a 15 year old girl gets super embarrassed and thinks it says that, well, 
may, may I think it's because you know maybe I have to be in love with the person to want to bite them. Mm. Um, so uh, which kind of seems to be well. I know one other example of that in Japanese, uh, in manga. It's the, um, I think we talked about it before. I think I may have had it as a recommendation of the week once. Um, I became the Demon King, so I created a dungeon and lived with monster girls or something uh. along those lines. Um, a 12-year-old, he saves the life of a 12-year-old vampire, and in order for her to survive, she needs to drink his blood. Uh -huh. um, she's like, she's she's escaped from a bunch of slavers um, okay. who want to do horrible things to her. He saves her life. And she yeah. bites him. Well, this is this is the this is the manga that has the sweet tooth dragon. Okay. And Lethe, the sweet tooth dragon, she's in her fourteen year old bully form. Well, she looks like a fourteen year old girl. Uh -huh. Um, she says, "You let her bite you." Yeah. Don't you know what that means for vampires? No. And she explains it's pretty much a marriage proposal. Uh, uh, the same so, thing happened in Actually I Am. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's been a while since I've seen that one. In Actually I Am, uh, the main girl is revealed to be a vampire, and he, the main character, main boy needs to keep her secret for her. But during a conversation, he asks if she wants to bite him. And apparently, um, biting is such a... Uh, an intimate action taken between two people that to to say so say something so casually is kind of slutty mm -hmm. which plays in like one of the later episodes because they have a uh, they, they do a haunted house for the school festival and one of the attractions is a vampire who pops out and goes I want to suck your blood to which she's like how dare you be so slutty to me? And she berates him back into his coffin. Like she doesn't like it. She's she's scared of everything but the other vampire and berates him into like how dare I you love that. Like I that. love that she has a Kansai dialect. It's it's like a country hick dialect in Japan. Is how yeah. she speaks. She's very very graceful, very beautiful, but she's just got this thick Kansai accent. Which uh, anyways. Which she tries to best to hide when she's in public. Mm -hmm. um, but it's but great. anyways, uh, he then apologizes because he didn't realize how personal of a question that was. And he says, well, that, that's all for now. You can go to class now. And she's like, wait, what? We're, we're done? He's like, yeah. Bell, the bell then rings. He's like, yeah, go, go, go to class. And she's like, fine. And she gets up. And she turns around and she looks at him. And one of the great things about Hikari is just her facial expressions. Yes. Like, she has the most animated face out of anybody. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not just because it's an anime. She has far and beyond the most playful... She is the mischievous character. ...expressions, huh? She is the mischievous character. Yeah, she is. She definitely is. Um, and they have a lot of fun with her face. Um, but anyways, uh, she then looks at him and, uh, looks down at his neck and there's a gleam in her golden eyes that kind of a red gleam. Mm -hmm. And she leans close down into him. Opens her mouth. And, uh, camera and cuts plays... and he goes, ah! Yeah. What, what was that? Yeah, it plays like she's going to lean in to bite him. 
Well, yeah, and then like he turns around after grabbing his neck, and she's holding two mechanical pencils with this kind of a sly grin on her face. She's like, "Ha! Ah, you thought I bit you! Ha 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 ha!" Uh, yeah, so they have a very very fun relationship. Those two, it's very yes. very much. Uh, a casual, just kind of a casual, fun relationship that they've got going on. Um, right. Anyways, um, so uh, so that episode, I'm pretty sure that the way that episode next goes is, she goes is we we see the Dolahan again. We see Machi trying to make friends at school, but the friends keep kind of glazing over the fact that she's a Dolahan. They don't want to offend her. They don't want to cross a line, so they keep tiptoeing around her existence, trying to be friendly, but also trying not to be insensitive. But that tiptoeing around is also kind of keeping her at a distance and she wants to be close to people. She wants to have jokes about, about the fact that she's a Dullahan told. Um, oh, uh, so, so what happens then is as everybody's packing up, getting ready to go, that's when, uh, Hikari enters the classroom and then mm -hmm. just talks to her, like old friends, just completely casually, curious about like her, so casually to the point where it actually makes other people in the classroom a bit uncomfortable. Like, oh my gosh, she really went there, but mm -hmm. she's enjoying it. And but she's as they're it, chatting, it's... some other girls walk up and join in the conversation and things like that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Start helping to break the ice. Well, it turns out that um, Machi would really, really like to also have a relationship with. Takahashi. She's kind of jealous that um, Hikari can just talk to him so casually and just visit him whenever she wants. And so a plan is wrought at the end of episode two that is absolutely adorable. And like there's mm -hmm. a knock on. So Takahashi's. The way episode one ends is Takahashi's in his office again. And there's a knock on the door and he says, Come in. And the door opens and he turns around and there is. Machi's body holding a note without a head. It's like, where's your head? Well, so she comes this... to hand the note. Uh huh. And so he, he approaches her and notices that um, Hikari is crouched down on the on the floor holding the head just just outside of visual range so that she can hear what's going on. And, and he, they are he totally sees her to each other. They're yeah. whispering to each other. They're whispering to each other, and he catches them, and he totally sees them, and he lets them pretend that they haven't been seen yet. Mm -hmm. And he takes her hand briefly. Um, it touches her hand briefly before taking the uh, the note, just to let her know what's happening. Kind of a uh, a forewarning. But she she kind of gasps a little bit at being touched. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he takes the note and says, I don't know if your body can hear me, but yes, you can be, or, or I don't, does he, I remember, does he write a reply or does he, uh, he writes uh, a, 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 like he, he, he has written a note to give to her. Okay. And the two girls are like, ah, ah, he gave me a reply. Yes. Yes. Let's go. Wait, wait, no, we can't read it here. We gotta go. And so they get up and they just run off <laughs> and he hears them through the door. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, the reply is that yes, she can go. She can come over anytime he likes, anytime she likes, and then she just has a mm-hmm. subtle grin on her face, and it's just mm-hmm. a delightful little shot. And that's the end of episode one. Now, uh, real, something real that I wanted fast. to talk about before going into episode two is the ending credits. Uh-huh. Now, the ending credits features each of the main four girls holding or interacting with a book in a way that indicates that they are books. So bookending the opening and closing credits with each other, he's interested in books. Each of these girls is a book. He wants to know more about them. Okay. He wants to find out about them. So, so there's a visual cue that I really like that was uh, tied in the opening and closing credits with these characters. Okay. Um... Oh, real, real fast. Um, I found an article. Um, just kind of, I wanted to see if there was any more Dulahans in anime. And yeah, there are. Um, it turns out there's a Dulahan in um, in uh, Monster Musume. Uh, Lala from Monster Musume. Um, she uh, is also Chinibyo. <laughs> Chinibyo Dulahan. Uh-huh. That's going to be yep. great. Uh, I forgot this, but Yuri Alpha, the leader of the Battle Maids in Overlord, she is also a Dulahan. That's why she oh. has that kind of metal ring around her neck. It's holding she her head have... onto her body. Oh, I see. We haven't seen that yet about mm-hmm. her, I don't think. Well, it's it's in the... They kind of play with it in the kind of silly um, Pladius series. Um, that kind of little silly uh, uh, chibi animated, the chibi style show um, that never really came to the States. You can find some clips of it on YouTube. Okay. Um, but also, two characters, uh, Dune and Hans from Slayer's Evolution R, um, they are, which is a continuation of the Slayer series, yeah. they're Dula Hans, um, and in The Devil's Part Timer, he has two bicycles named Dula Han and Dula Han the Second. Bicycles. Yeah. I mean, they're just named Dula Han, but yeah, uh, he names his mighty, his name, he names his bicycle the Mighty Steed Dula Han. Okay. So, anyways, I just wanted to go and share that there are some more there are some more examples of Dulahans in anime. Uh, so, yeah, episode two. Episode two um, starts with um, now. Sometimes shows will do this. Sometimes oh, shows oh, oh, will oh, assume oh, that you oh, haven't oh. watched the first episode, and so they kind yeah. of introduce the second episode uh-huh. in a way that uh, that maybe you missed the first episode. So it's. So it kind of gives you a little extra exposition uh-huh, at the beginning. Uh-huh. Real fast, though, in episode one, this is something that we didn't cover. Machi, the Dulahan, uh-huh. is getting spoken to by Hikari. This is when they're at their desk. Uh-huh. Um, and she's, like, taking notes and her head's on the table and things like that. I forget exactly what it is that Hikari says, but... Machi says no, and instead of just saying no, she picks up her head and shakes it while saying no. <laughs> picks so, up yeah, her head. I wanted, I wanted to say pillow. that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this episode, well, the first episode kind of focused on um, on Hikari. Um, yes. Not a ton, um, but this one focuses more on Machi. It, it actually, well... Hikari is an absolute catalyst for the events that happen in this. Like she, the things she says and the things she does brings the group together. She's she's kind of an assembler of this group in terms mm-hmm. of the things that she does. 
Um, and so it basically, the first episode really did focus on her relationship with Takahashi and how her relationship with other demis brings him and helps him achieve his goal. Mm-hmm. And so that brings up a lot of interesting uh, points. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. The second episode starts with the interview between Machi the Duohan and their teacher Takahashi, where Takahashi is, keeps asking questions but can't decide what face to focus on. The flame mm-hmm. coming out of her neck or the head in her lap. And he's just trying to grasp what it might be like for anybody to have to see this sight. Mm-hmm. So they have this they have a bit of a talk and they talk about, you know, do you does your head always have to be close to your body? And she goes, No, not at all. I mean, it's entirely possible for my head to be in one place and my body to be another. The furthest they've ever been, she drops the name of two cities. I can't remember which ones. But uh, it sounded I I don't think it's exactly right, but it sounded like Okinawa and Tokyo, being mm-hmm. that she had visited her grandparents. And they had such a hard time saying goodbye. Her head was on the outside of the train as the doors were closing on the body that's on the inside of the train, and it drove off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I looked up the distance between Tokyo and Yokohama. It's twenty Yokohama. miles. It's about twenty. Yep, it's about twenty miles. Okay. <sighs> well, they they're about to conclude their interview. When uh, Machi asks a very embarrassing request, and she, it takes her a long time to get the courage to say it, but she asks for a hug from Takahashi, and the mm-hmm. act of doing so causes her such embarrassment that one of the things she does when she's in a state of extreme emotional duress is her neck starts vomiting fire, like blasting, and he just he's his eyes are just locked on. This explosion of fire coming out of her 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 neck and hitting the ceiling, not doing yeah. any damage. But he also asks if, like, he one of the questions he asked her is if it was okay if he could touch the fire. He wanted to know what it was like, and she's like, "Yeah, sure, that's fine." And so he touches it, but when he touches it, it ca- causes her nerves to kind of react. Uh huh. So it's like touching a part of her. It's yeah, not very it, it causes pressure on her nerves is the way she the subtitles read it so but technically all pain is a form of pressure Mm -hmm. um so what happens then is uh he agrees and he cuddles her head Mm -hmm. into his chest and she absolutely loves it she says it's something that as a dolahan there's just something about being a Dullahan that has you that she craves closeness with someone. And mm-hmm. her parents used to do this for her all the time. But after middle school, when she got into high school, they said she's a little old for that now. And so maybe she needs to stop. Mm-hmm. And she just but she can't. She still she needs it. She craves it. Um and so he's doing that, and then he realizes, you know, we can do this in private. But it'd probably be really bad if anybody found out about it, like the principal or one of my superiors or a... And it starts going in slow motion, particularly loudmouthed 
blonde vampire. loud mouth blonde vampire. And like he turns <laughs> and, and he sees her looking right in. Opening the door and looking right in. And that's and when one of her expressions she gets a smugumin face. Oh, uh, she she goes half smugumin, half sake from uh um you remember? Did you ever watch? I don't remember if it was episode three or four of uh, Zombieland Saga, where they go to mm-hmm. a hotel. With that, they go to a hotel where they're having um, uh, some sort of meeting. But there's also a hot springs there. But they're zombie girls, so they can't go to the hot springs. But they decide to go late at night anyway. And uh, mm-hmm. Saki, the uh, the biker chick of the zombies, she has a uh, pretty epic animated GIF of her face going smug during that particular moment <laughs> of like I want to go with you too <laughs> yes yes um, Hikari gets to be uh, I, I think Hikari is deserving of the smug anime girl hall of fame yeah she's got quite the smug look on her face. <laughs> and it's not the only kind time that that face comes up. Mm-hmm. Because oh, she, she immediately runs to a window, opens it, and starts shouting at the top of her lungs, hey, everybody, guess what? And then he chases after her and chases down her down the hall. Okay. So back, so setting up the next punchline... During the during the interview before the hug, um, something he suggests is, you know, she starts talking about how she wishes her friends would be more willing to talk about her existence as a Dulahan and make jokes about it. And he recommends that she make jokes about it first. If she breaks the ice, it gives them something they can rise to. But if they start making fun of her in front of her, they, they might feel really bad about it. But if she can you know, kind of set an example of what's appropriate. Mm-hmm. That, that would work out. Um, well, right after... Uh, right after Hikari starts shouting her lungs out, trying to blow the secrets for the whole school, <laughs> Machi turns to Takahashi and says, I guess you'll be a Dulahan too. What? Because once they find out, your head's going to roll. Like, <laughs> he's just like, like this is not, that is not a joke I can laugh at. That is not the joke. Yeah, that is not a joke I can laugh at. It's pretty great, not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, then he, then he runs to go stop her, and she, does, she the secret's still safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, later on in that episode, uh, there's... Um, a scene where uh, um, Machi is telling Hikari that she has feelings for someone. She wants to go out on a date with them. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, what would you do on a date? And this, that, and the other thing. Uh, the conversation gets a little bit... Um, can cross border lines from time to time. Mm-hmm. But uh, not too far. Yeah, Just yeah. Implications, mostly implications. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, uh, what happens next. Um, 
But when it's revealed that the person she wants to date. She, yeah, she, she fell for the teacher when uh, he was uh, hugging her. So, uh, so she wants yeah. to date him. She um, wants to date Takahashi. Yeah. But he's a little old for her. I mean, we established that mm-hmm. she's 14 to 16 and he's, you know, 32, 32 to 33. Yeah. Yeah. So about 17 years older than her, something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, um, um, but, so... uh, but with a moment that is revealed who it is that uh, she like that he likes, Hikari just gives her another one of her smug looks, stands up next to her, and starts calling someone, and we don't immediately. know immediately. Immediately, like who are you calling? What are you doing? And then suddenly, on the over by suddenly. There is Machi dressed up nice, ready for a date, and Takahashi standing out in front of Hikari's house. Mm-hmm. And Hikari is like, uh, it says, okay, so this is an experiment. In the event that Hikari goes on a date, uh, in the event that Machi oh, goes on a date, Machi, mm-hmm. that Machi goes on a date, that, um, those dates might include just her head. And so we'd like to run an experiment where we find out if there's any problems with going on a date with just a head. And if we can solve those problems now before an actual date happens. Mm-hmm. And so he's cool with it. He's, th- he's th- th- all it's just for experimenting. They're th- thinking it's an experiment. She's excited because she's actually getting to go on a date with the teacher. And she spent so much time prepping her outfit just to have Hikari go, by the way, your body's staying with me. Yeah, well, and like, she has this incredibly, oh my gosh, she's got this great um, montage where she's trying on all these outfits because Hikari's like, man, man, uh, Machi, or uh, not Machi, that's that's how you say a city. No, it is Machi, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, Machi, uh, you really went out today. She's wearing this really cute outfit with like some frills on the shoulders and things like that. Really, really yeah. cute looking. Um, and she, uh, she, and, uh, and, uh, Machi then blushes and there's this great scene where Machi's like, oh, this whole thing though, you don't have to worry about, it's nothing, it's nothing. And we cut to Mach- the, to just a little bit ago where Machi was getting ready for the date and her head is on a pillow uh-huh. aimed at her closet uh-huh. while the body is trying on all these different outfits. And that's like, mm, no, that's too much. <laughs> So it's uh, too, too it kind of reminds me of those too scenes old, that you see. Too much. Yeah, it, it reminds me of those scenes that where um, but it reminds me of a scene uh, it, where you know someone's tr- it's like a montage. Someone's trying on clothes and everyone's you know judging them like oh yeah that's too much that's not enough type thing. So yeah, that's uh, yeah. So that's that's something that I enjoyed. I thought that was I thought that was a cute use of her of her uh her head and there's also a scene i don't know if it happens yet or if we passed it but amachi getting ready for bed she puts out her fatone she's got a little dog house next to her bed that she yeah, keeps yeah. her head in yeah yes it's, and it's, it, it's it's a plush dog or small animal um palace shaped um 
house. I would call mm-hmm. it like a cat, a cat house, like a large cat, small dog. But yeah, mm-hmm. her head, her head sleeps there. With yeah, I think that happens in episode three though. That might be episode three because she also wakes up uh, she, as she's falling asleep. She wakes up because she realized she was telling herself a joke. And she wrote it down on her phone. Or her body got up, went over, showed her typing it out on the phone so she could make sure she got it right. And then uh, went back to bed. Which reminds me all the time about how Selty communicated. She had, she always had her phone with her so she could type out her responses. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And uh, um, So it's like, huh, well, that's a thing too. Um, then what happens? Oh, okay, so... So there's a bit of abuse that happens between um, uh, Sato and Machi's body while Machi's head is out on a date. Mm-hmm. Including the fact that Machi suddenly needs to go to the bathroom. So she gets up and bangs her head, bangs her knee on the table. And then trying to take care of her, Hikari gets up to see what's to check if she was okay and she bangs her toe. Against the leg of the table. And so now they're both side by side rolling on the ground. Going, ah! Yeah. Well, like this kind of happens later on in the date after, you know, she and uh, and Takahashi have, Amachi and Takahashi have uh, gone through the city, um, did some things together. Um, and she's scene. starting to feel gross. And it turns out she's getting motion sickness. Yes. Because he's not carrying her the way she's used to being carried. Right. Um. And so, yeah, her head's bobbing back and forth a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so then you take a break and she gets the bathroom. She ends up going to go to the bathroom because she drinks the juice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so her and body needs to go to the happens. bathroom. And it's at that moment that... Uh, now, we've already been introduced to her, but we, have, we kind of skipped over the fact that, they, that she exists. But we, we have, at this point, met Hikari's twin sister, who's not a vampire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what happens is... Her sister comes home from her school um, just to, to watch Hikari lead the headless Dullahan by the hands into the bathroom. And the sister is just sitting there like, what is this? Why is there a, why is there this headless being in my house? And why does it need to go to the bathroom? It's like... <laughs> And then, and then once once the, the creatures once the body is in the bathroom, uh, and the door is closed, uh, Hikari turns to her sister and says, "Oh, that's just my friend, the Dulahan. What did you do with her head?" It's it's cute. It is really cute. It's great. Okay, so yeah, so all of episode two is the interview with the Dulahan. The Dullahan wanting to go on a date and the Dullahan getting to go on a date, which I can see that being three different chapters in the manga, all rolled into one episode. So yeah, this this thing is paced pretty good. Uh, it just mm-hmm. keeps your interest, keeps you going. Uh, episode three, um, the big thing that I mean, the big thing that happened in episode three has got to be the conversation between the Dullahan and the succubus in the. Uh, in the literary well, room, they're putting up books. That that's near the end of episode three. Episode three starts off with uh, with um, showing um, showing uh, Sato. Um, Sato the psychopath. Uh, how, how she lives her life. 
she's showing how she lives her life. And she lives out in the boonies. Uh, she wakes up at 4.15 every morning to catch, to get, to eat breakfast, get the early train, the first train of the day, um, and uh, get to school. And she's at school before any of the teachers. Um, and like she's, because there's nothing for her to do, she ends up cleaning the entire teacher's lounge, you know, the, the, the teacher's offices. Um, and, uh, they go through the day and she sees Takahashi having fun conversations with, um, Hikari and like she, Hikari being a super energetic, like she always is and, uh, saying things like, good morning to him. He's like, morning. And she's like, not enough energy. And he's like, good morning. Type <laughs> thing. Um, and she sees that she, and you can tell that she's, she's jealous, you know? Um, yeah. She plays it off well, but she spends her entire day avoiding men because, and she keeps saying it's because I'm a succubus. I do this because I'm a succubus. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the students, like she's walking down the hall and a male, oh, I just dropped something. Let me pick it up. A male student accidentally bumps into her and just by bumping into her he then turns around and he's just completely enamored with her yes and we we kind of skimmed over this uh but the reason that she dresses the way that she does is because she's a succubus and any effort in making herself look good would make her even that much more alluring and attractive to men Mm -hmm. um she um uh, a female student comes up and asks her a question uh, about a math problem. And she says, oh, you just used the formula that I taught you today in class. And the student's like, oh, awesome. And then the student looks at her and she says, teacher or sensei, you're absolutely beautiful. Why don't you do anything to, ma- like, why don't you dress up? You would, like, you'd have men all over you type thing. And she's thinking to herself, the reason I don't want men all over me is because I dress up, uh, I dress up this way because I don't want men all over me. Yeah. Um, so anyways, she then, uh, so this she ends up male taking student the last... bumps into her. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the other student bumps into her and she's trying to keep uh-huh. her distance. Uh, yeah. eventually the, she goes the student bumps into her, is instantly attracted to her, and the student's just like, dude, I thought like for a moment there, I thought I bumped into like talking to his friend. I for a moment there I thought I bumped into like the sexiest woman of in the world. <laughs> and uh and that's just from touching her once. Yeah. Just like a brief brush up. Yeah, and they're and both talking... and there's a brush up and there's clothes on both of them in layers. So it's not even direct skin to skin contact. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh she then at the end of, it's the end of the school day and she's there to turn off the lights. So uh-huh. not only was she the first one there, she's the last one out. She catches the last train home. Um and she even falls asleep on the last train home. And you see you learn why she lives out where she does because she cannot control her abilities when she's asleep. Anyone who's a, any man who's asleep near her, um, instantly has sexy dreams. Yes. Just incredibly erotic dreams. Yes. Which um, is why, anyways, which apparently why they're called dream demons is something that comes mm-hmm. up in the show, which yep. again, reminds me of, uh, Konosuba. Yeah. Yeah. But he signed up for Unkonosuba. It's just that that poor little succubus charm got a got a picked on by Aqua. Yes. Um, Aqua, who thinks she's doing something good and should be praised for it. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, the succubus. Uh, well, so Sato then goes home, and she cuts loose, um, takes a shower, has some beer, eats, goes to bed, wakes up the next day is at school, and she's just exhausted. She's like, I knew this is what it was going to be like when I took this job. 
I knew that I was going to have to be out there by myself um, because I can't be around. I can't live in an apartment complex near the school because everybody in the apartment complex would be affected by my powers. Yeah. Um, and so she lives out in the boonies by herself. And, and in fact, there's, uh, there's like four or five different shots of her walking down long, empty roads from her house to the train station. She is in the yeah. middle of nowhere. Yep. And they really the hammer that home. Mm -hmm. And um, she is um, exhausted and falling asleep on her feet while she's walking through the hallway. And she falls. Uh -huh. And Takashi catches her. Yes. And she kind of feels bad because she sees that he's a good guy. He sees how he treats the other um, the other Demis. Mm -hmm. um, and she realizes that she wants to be involved in that. She wants to have that kind of a friendship. Um, but she doesn't want, but she thinks that she had came off too strongly. Yeah, she, but she now thinks she burned the chance to talk to him. Yeah. Uh, she thinks that she just, that she ruined the chance. Um, but he catches her, and this time it's with by her hand, skin to skin contact. Yes. And she immediately looks up and thinks, oh no, oh no, oh no, please, oh no, because she's just touched a man. Yeah. And he's like, oh, Sato Sensei, are you all right? And she's like, wait. Wait, what? He's like, you you should try to get some more sleep. You should, like, uh, go ahead and rest if you need it, type thing. And she's like, oh, oh, okay. He gets up and walks away. And she thinks to herself, wait a minute. And because in the in the shower that night, she talks about, she thinks about love, romance, relationships, and things like that, and how she can't have those things because she's a succubus. She'll be constantly asking herself, will they be attracting to me because of my powers and not because of who I am? Mm -hmm. because of not um and then she thinks to herself wait a minute maybe i can have a relationship with somebody if my powers don't really affect them maybe maybe if they have a low sexual libido my powers won't affect them because he walks away and he's not affected at all like he's not blushing he's not hitting on her he's not doing the things that she's used to when men accidentally touch her mm -hmm. as soon as that he's out of view what does he do as soon as he gets out of sight, he is plastered against the wall. Just his heart was pounding the whole time. He was instantly aroused and did everything in his power not to react. Mm -hmm. He's just—he did not want to come across as creepy, which is his would have been his first impulse. With that, like, oh, oh, she was so sexy. Oh, was what was like, that? Holy crap! Succubi are incredible. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. <laughs> but uh, later on, and um, this isn't in the, in the show. It might be. It might be in the episodes episodes we haven't watched yet. But she has a handler, and uh, because succubi, their powers don't manifest until puberty. Okay. Um, as opposed to like vampires and Gulahans and things, things like that, where sure. it's their their powers are with them for their entire lives. So she was assigned a handler because. Yes, bad things can happen if a succubi gets touched. You know, someone can like instantly turn into a rapist when they didn't mean to, simply because of her sec powers of sexual arousal. Yes. So, a lot of succubi just choose to live their lives in seclusion in a locked-up government facility, just so nothing happens. Right. She's one of the few that doesn't want to do that, so she's doing what she can to live a normal life. Hmm. Um. And uh. This her her um, I just I just said what he is, and I'm now forgetting her handler. Her handler, yeah. Um, is kind of like a father figure to her. 
Okay. Um, and they chat every once in a while over the phone. And she opens up to him because she's he's like a father to her. Mm-hmm. And talks about this incident where she's fallen for this teacher. And the reason she's fallen for him is because he has a low sexual libido, which means she might be able to have an actual relationship with him. And he's just like, that's not possible. (laughs) You're a succubus. No man who touches you will not be aroused. That man was probably just acting like a gentleman and not wanting to embarrass you, which makes her fall even harder for him. <laughs> Later on, she's talking about how she's using, you know, she's still dressed up frumpily and things like uh-huh. that and trying to do her best to avoid attention. And he's just like, Sato, part of my job is to prosecute and interrogate succubi when we think they may have been involved in an incident. It's a very, very difficult, rough thing to do, and I hate doing it. I have known you since you were 14. You are a good person. You've done everything in your power to not use your powers for wrong. How about for once in your life, you use your powers to seduce the man you love? <laughs> And she does so. <laughs> and like, there's this, they have like this barbecue and she's wearing her, uh, her jumpsuit and it's, she's like, oh, it's so hot. And she unzips her, her, um, her jumpsuit and yeah. her ample bosom is underneath her, her shirt. Yes. And like, she leans on the table and she's like, what the crap am I doing? This is so embarrassing. And she looks up at him and he's just like, <sighs> doing his absolute best to stay under control. And she's like, Oh, he does find me attractive. <laughs> so yeah, it's cute. He's trying it's to be a gentleman. He's yes. trying very hard to be a gentleman. Aww. But anyways, so that happens later on. That happens later on. Uh, later. But let's get back. Let's get back to the now. Um, yes. So let's get to the, to the library. She has. She has. Um, so the Dolohan has been asked Otto to bring up. Are putting books. 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 Well, away. well, before leading to that, Machi. Uh-huh has been asked to take a box of books to the library. Uh-huh. But whoever asked her did not take into consideration the fact that she'd also have to carry her head with she's, her as she's uh, going. And so, and so she ends up asking Sato to help her carry these. Like, oh, yeah, your teacher didn't uh, take into consideration when she asked you to do this, did he? Like, yeah. Well, they end up having this long conversation about... Um, well, Machi assumes because Sato is older and a succubus that she has lots of experience in relationships and that is talking to her about relationship advice. Now, the funniest thing about this, uh, this moment is as they're putting books on the shelf, the titles of the books are what they're talking about. It's Every so great. Time. It's just like, like... The moment uh, I, I, don't, I don't have specific examples, but like the moment Sato is actually jealous that Machi is thinking about the same guy she's thinking about, the book mm-hmm. that gets put up there is jealousy, or mm-hmm. or the well, moment that uh, Sato's talking about um, finding somebody really attractive and kind of wanting to date them or be with them in a romantic way, uh, the book that's put on the shelf is 
young lo- uh, young burgeoning love or some or a growing into womanhood or something mm-hmm. like that. Just mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. single book that yeah, goes it, on the shelf is what they're talking about. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's so much fun. But yeah, like, but Machi's just like, yeah. Well, who do you like? Oh no, um, Sato. Sato is just like, oh well, who, who, what lucky student in our school uh, has caught your eye? type thing and trying to be a mature adult even though she has no experience with romance because she has kept that uh kept that um part of her life away like she's uh-huh. she's locked that away um because of those questions she's had about whether or not they would actually love me for me or if it's because I was a, I'm a succubus um but anyways uh uh so she uh Sato asks, so what lucky student has caught your eye? And uh, Machi, she's a pretty honest girl. Yes, so she is. She's, she's honest and innocent. So Honest, innocent, and I'm pretty sure that her the fire coming out of her neck would give away any lie she was trying to tell anyway. She, she, so she reminds like me a, a little... She, she's she's not, not as exactly. emo. She's not as uh-huh. emo as Raven, but she reminds me a bit of her. Like, anytime that it, there's a bit of an emotional outburst power uncontrolled power comes out mm, yeah that that happens Raven a lot yeah. yeah um but anyways um machi's then like well it's 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 they're at the school but they're not exactly a student and something's like well, wait what yeah. yeah it's 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 uh it's takahashi i'm in love with i'm in love with takahashi sensei and then <laughs> sato's just like I am too! And just kind of has an inner monologue with herself. Yes. And it's a really, really funny scene where Machi is trying to get advice from this person who obviously has so much advice in the world of romance because she's such a mature, beautiful woman. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, Sato putting on a pretend face to try to give Machi advice when really she's has no experience whatsoever and all of her internal monologues are just kind of not really ripping herself apart, but yeah, she's not being too kind to herself. No, no, so, she's not. Mm-hmm. But uh, she's talking about all the kind, like Machi's talking about all the great things uh, with uh, with Saito with um, Takahashi Sensei. It's like, oh, he's kind, and Sato's just like, yeah, yeah, I know, and like he's. Uh, he's uh, he's smart. Yeah, yeah, I know. And he's got such great muscles in his arms, which is like there's a shot of him just going hmm, like you know. Yes. <laughs> and he's he's a he's a buff guy. He's a big built guy. Yeah. To which Sato just goes, I know. <laughs> she, she she's lusting after him in this conversation, and Machi doesn't know what's going on. And Machi's like, like what? Huh? Because huh? she's too innocent. If it was uh, if uh. If um, Hikari was in the room, she would have caught it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Hikari would have caught it like that. Um, but yeah, anyways... She's just uh, too innocent. Yeah, but she keeps asking questions, putting books away, and every single time, the answer is always tied to the title of the book. Yep. But like, at the very end of it all, Sato turns to Machi and just says, Machi, there's something you need to understand about adults. Most of the time, the confidence that adults show 
it's just them putting on an act so they don't make younger people feel nervous. And uh, Machi's just like, oh, are you like that too, Sato-sensei? Sato to which Sato replies, who can say? And then instantly in her monologue, I am! I am totally like that! Yes. But uh, episode two, or three, ends with the with Yuki the and the snow yeah. woman. Yuki is actually snow in Japanese, uh, just mm -hmm. so you're aware. Okay. Um, but she overhears people have been constantly asking her out, asking her to hang out, and she keeps turning them down. And some of the girls are starting to speak negative, and she hears those girls speaking negatively about her. Uh -huh. And she, um, she, she, she cloisters herself somewhere and is having a bit of an emotional breakdown. And the mm. consequence of that is that she causes the area around her to get cold when that happens. Mm -hmm. In fact, so, so mm. the episode ends with um, Takahashi um, saying, uh, okay, so the episode ends with um, Hikari going, Takahashi, sayonara, as loud as she can, saying goodbye. And he goes, mm. sayonara. Not enough energy. Sayonara. All right. Sayonara. All right. That's good enough. You can go. And so as he's leaving, he ends up walking into a cold spot. And so wondering what's going on, he, go, he goes further into it and sees her, sees um, Yuki. Is that, did I get that right? Her name's Yuki? Yes, Yuki. Mm -hmm. um, sees Yuki uh, huddled on the ground, not... Uh, um, you know, kind of crying to herself. And seriously, one of the hardest things I had to do was stop watching at that point. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. that's when the episode ends. And it's like, all right, what's that? What's next? 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 Don't. Mm -hmm. So I will be. Now you know how this. I felt reading the manga. Oh, oh. Mm hmm. I've been waiting for a while for volume seven to come out. Well, they say sometime late 2020 we'll get a season two of this show. Yep. Good thing volume seven of the manga comes out on the 24th of this month. Okay. So, anyways, uh, yeah, that's it for uh, interviews with Monster Girls. What are your final thoughts of the show? I mean, it sounds I... like you want to go back and watch more. Yeah, I think I'm going to go back and finish the show. I think so, too. Um, I mean, though, even though I've already read the manga and know what's coming, I really want to see how much they're able to do. Right. Um, I kind of want to see, because I know that her, I, I was reading some of the episode descriptions of what happens later on, and I do know that her handler is introduced. Sato's handler is introduced. Mm. Um, but anyways, it's, uh, it's a great show, great manga, adorable characters, uh, great animation. Um, laid back, uh, there are... There are some cliffhangers like we saw at the end of episode three, but those cliffhangers get resolved pretty quickly. Uh, and Yuki becomes a regular of their group um, after they resolve a couple of things with her. Um, one of the great things about this, uh, about the manga, is that the girls, there isn't a lot of information about themselves, about their own demi race. So he actually helps them do experiments to figure out themselves. As it progresses, so but no, it's it's a lot of fun. I love I love the manga. I can't wait to watch more of the show. Fantastic. Okay. All right. Um. So.
Next week, it's your pick. What did you pick? It is. Now, you've been talking about the manga for this thing for a while, and I thought, you know, oh, it's... The manga's it, done. <laughs> the manga's done. Okay. It ended last week. I read the last chapter. All right. Well, the anime is available, and we're going to be watching Boarding School Juliet next week. Uh, in the spirit of... Um, Schools with a twist? Schools with a twist. Boarding School Juliet. Uh, the synopsis reads, At Dahlia Academy, a prestigious boarding school on a remote island, students from two feuding countries battle each other every day. However, Romeo Inazuka, the leader of the Toa dorm, and Juliet Persia, the leader of the West dorm, start a secret relationship. <sighs> okay. When I read that synopsis a little bit earlier, I thought not just Romeo and Juliet, but West Side Story as well. Well, that's what West Side well, Story which, which, is. It's, yeah, West Side it's Romeo and Juliet the musical. It is Romeo and Juliet the musical, but mm -hmm. it's also it's also it is its own thing as well. So if it's referencing mm -hmm. both and being its own mm -hmm. its own work, that'll just be interesting to, uh, thing to note. So yeah, all right, we're watching this next week. Awesome. Okay, well, that's it for three episodes in. Let's move on to recommendation of the week. And this week, it's my turn. And I'm going to go ahead and recommend the amazing expansion to Monster Hunter World, Iceborne. Hmm. 15 new monsters added, a brand new area, a new hunter rank. Um, the higher the rank, the more difficult the battles are. There's low rank, high rank, and now they just released master rank. Um, to kind of give you kind of a an idea of the difficulty spike, the best armor set, um, and I'm not talking about like, a lot of people will piecemeal their armors together and get the abilities that they want, um, but uh, individual armor set, the best one that I found without adding any extra things to it to make it stronger, base level 371 defense. Mm. The very first set of master rank armor that you can get mm -hmm. is over 590. That's quite the jump. Yeah. Yeah. The lowest armor. The stuff that you can get almost right away. That's how much harder the fights are in master. And it is fun. I'm having okay. a blast with it. Um... They've already announced another monster. Um, so it's going to be 16 monsters. This one's going to come out as free DLC on October uh, 10th. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And honestly, and my favorite monster is in this one as well. Uh, the Zenogre. Go ahead and look him up. He's like, he reminds me of Behemoth from for the Final Fantasy games. He is a massive wolf covered in hard shell and electric fur. So he's, I'll go ahead and send, I'll send you a link to what he looks like. So. Okay. <clears throat> Here we go. Well, take, this is all right, picture. I'll take a look. Yep, I'll just send it to you right there so you can take a look at it. Anyways, um, I'm very excited to fight this guy again, to carve him up and go ahead and make uh, weapons out of his uh, body and armor out of his body. So, yeah, that is my recommendation of the week. There's no better time to jump in and play some more Monster Hunter, you guys. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up uh, recommendation of the week. So now mm -hmm. it's creator shout out, which is my turn this week. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And I'm giving a shout out to someone I've met on Twitter by the name of Ben Nicholas. Oh. Now, Ben Nicholas, I shared his uh, his art studio, his um, his art station account with you earlier tonight, and uh, you've seen some. Of, and now that you've seen some of his work, um, he is a senior concept artist and designer at Ubisoft. Um, has done some amazing artwork. Has apparently actually worked on the Halo games back in the day. Okay. Uh, but he's got some amazing 3D artwork, mostly ships. Um, just fantastic levels of detail. Um, absolutely stunning. I have told him on two separate occasions that I would absolutely love to work with him on a uh, have his, work with his assets on a video game that I build. And uh, I hope that someday we can actually do some collaboration. That'd be really cool. But okay, yeah. so we've got his Twitter account and his ArtStation uh, account. So visit, so come to this uh, episode's page on WhitakerWeekly.com uh, for the links. Okay, awesome. Well, uh, that's it for another episode. Thanks so much for listening in this week. If you listened in on YouTube, please feel free to like this episode and subscribe to our channel. If you like what we do and want to support us, please share our channel with your friends. Where can they find us on social media? Our site, WhitakerWeekly.com, currently has the links to our Facebook page, Twitter account, and YouTube channel. We encourage all our listeners to follow us on the social media platform of their preference. And if there's one we're not on yet, please reach out to us on one of the ones we've mentioned, and we'll broaden our scope to include you. All right, well, that's it for another week. I want to go ahead and give a shout-out to Ben Coombs for providing the artwork for our podcast. And another shout-out to Brazmataz for their song, Dreykolk, which we use for our opening and closers. Well, thank you so much for listening, you guys. I've been Andrew. I've been Lee. And this has been Whitaker Weekly. You guys have a great week. 